guys, welcome back to another episode of Mickey Mike's Up. Today we're going to be diving into the NWCL trades that are still happening because not everything's been announced yet and it's stressful. Um, what teams have full protection and predictions of who could be taken from those who don't because there's a lot that could be happening in the extension draft next week and so I kind of want to give you the rundown of what I personally think will happen in that. Um, I will also be talking about the rules for the college draft and the expansion draft because with them being so close together, I know it can get a little bit confusing, and so I want to be as informative as I can to make sure that you know what is happening with your teams going into the next few weeks. We will also be discussing the U.S. Women's National Team Player of the Year awards and how wrong they are because there's some things that definitely don't belong, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, today I have the very amazing Connor Moore joining me to talk about what his job working with the Chicago Red Stars is like and some insightful conversation and I'm so glad to have him on the show. Um, we've been trying to make this work for a long time so I'm really glad that he's here and with that being said thanks for tuning in and let's get into this episode. Okay so the first thing that I wanted to start with was kind of what is the expansion draft? What are the rules to the expansion draft? How does it work? All that kind of stuff because I know that it can be very confusing to follow. And so the expansion draft is taking place next Thursday, so December 16th. And it will be for LA, Angel City, and San Diego Wave to basically build up their team. Basically, the timeline of the draft, was that was when the trade window closed. It was Friday, December 3rd. And then everything kind of had to be announced to all teams later that day. December wow. 10th at noon Eastern time, the protected lists were sent in. And then they were shared with the teams at night. And then all of that has been since shared. And then next week's the draft. The way that the draft is going to work is that each team is allowed to protect a total of nine players. Which does include the one U.S. allocated player that they can protect. So basically, you know, a good example for this is Chicago. Chicago has five U.S. allocated players before they traded Julie. So let's just go with before they traded Julie, they had five, right? And they can only protect one. And so then there's four players that they definitely can't protect. But that becomes difficult because you have, you know, Casey Kruger, Tierna Davidson, Mal Pugh, who are all like super integral to the Red Stars. And so they ended up making trades so that they had full team protection and didn't have to worry about that case. But while they can only protect one U.S. allocated player... Angel City and San Diego can each only take one U.S. allocated player. So basically, they wouldn't have had to worry about all four of their, whoever they left unprotected getting taken. Maybe two of them, but there's also, like, all these other teams that have U.S. allocated players, like Becky Sauerbrunn. She's unprotected. Someone could very easily take her if they wanted to because it's just the way things work. Um, Teams are listing their players in orders of goalkeeper, defender, midfield, forward, And that can get kind of tricky because there are a lot of players who play multiple positions. And so seeing where people end up actually being listed is interesting because the OL Reign traded their 36th pick in the college draft for $25,000 in allocation money and partial immunity. So basically what this means is that Angel City agreed to not pick any of the Reigns forwards from the unprotected list. So the Reigns forward um, unprotected list is kind of a little, you know, you're like, oh, okay, why are these players unprotected? You have Ziara King, Leah Pruitt, and Megan Rapino, who are all forwards, and so Angel City can't pick any of them, but that doesn't mean that San Diego can't, and so that becomes a thing. Like, you know, they're only allowed one international spot, so I don't really see Megan Rapino being taken. San Diego has a lot of forwards. I don't really think that that's going to be a big issue, But it could be, so that's why a lot of teams did work out complete trades. Like, full protection is full immunity, Chicago Red Stars. They traded Katie Johnson, Mackenzie Doniak, and Kelsey Turnbow to San Diego and then for protection. And then to Angel City, they traded Sarah Gordon, Julie Ertz, and an international roster spot, which means that uh, Chicago can have one less international, but Angel City can have one more international. So that protected them completely. Now, Gotham kind of did the same thing, except they traded less players. I don't really know how, like, why Chicago traded, like, six players, basically. But Gotham traded Kaylin Sheridan and received protection from San Diego 
and $130,000 in allocation money and seeing that Kaylin got traded, I think I actually cried. Like, no, I not think. I did actually cry. It was very, very upsetting to me because she's, like, one of the best people ever. Um, she's always been so nice to fans and she's just so fun to watch play in person and, like, she's really, really good, so trying to have to score against her now is obviously going to be difficult. And then Angel City, we traded Dee Dee Heritage and received protection and $50,000 in allocation money, as if Angel City couldn't take enough, because they took our head coach, and then they took Dee Dee, and then they took our goalkeeper coach, um, Daniel and I'm like, are you serious? Like, it, it just, they were, they were just taken from Gotham. But now Gotham doesn't have to worry about someone trying to come for Midge or Allie Long again. Um, and then Kansas City, their exemption was already predetermined. And then for North Carolina, North Carolina's trades kind of confused me, but they traded the rights to Kari Ricaro to Angel City for immunity. And when you look at the fact that, like, Chicago traded Sarah Gordon, Juliet, and a roster spot for immunity... And that Gotham traded a keeper and, like, some money. And then you have North Carolina who just traded Kari. It's kind of confusing. Not that I don't think that Kari's good. I just don't think that she's, like, the best ever. And for full protection from this one team for one player, it seemed a little, like, a little shocking. I really think that North Carolina got out on the right side of things there. And then they traded Angar James uh, to San Diego for immunity. So... Chicago, Gotham, Kansas City, North Carolina are fully protected. And then there's four teams that have half protection. And so the Rain traded their 36 pick um, for allocation money and they can't get the forwards. I already went over that. Uh, Portland traded Simone Charlie and Tyler Lucy for protection, $100,000 in allocation, and Angel City's 2022 uh, second round college draft pick. And so they have protection from Angel City, but they're still going to lose someone to San Diego. But apparently they worked something out with San Diego that was before the trade, that was after the trade deadline. So it didn't go through, but there's been talks that like none of the core players of Portland are going to be taken. So Christine Sinclair, Becky Sauerbrunn, Megan Klingenberg, Angela Salem were all left unprotected. And people were kind of like caught off guard by that because how are you going to leave Angela Salem unprotected but apparently they talked to San Diego and those players won't be taken so we'll see what actually happens but at that point it's kind of like taking someone's word for it um Racing Louisville traded the rights to Kristen Press for immunity uh, and Angel City's natural first round pick in 2022 for the draft so I mean, that one was the first kind of thing that happened. Angel City wanted Kristen Press. Kristen Press wanted Angel City, and it worked out. And so they got that, and now Racing Louisville is protected from Angel City. They don't have to worry about that. And then the Washington Spirit um, traded Tegan McGrady and a 2022 international spot and a natural first-round pick um, for the 2022 draft for immunity. And so they don't have to worry about anyone um, being taken by San Diego. And then Angel City, yeah, like, like the, how they got that to work out was kind of confusing, but they traded the rights to M.A. Um, Vignola, and basically they traded her rights for allocated player protection and $30,000 in allocation money. And so what that means is that Washington Spear doesn't have to worry about Andy Sullivan, Kelly O'Hara, or Emily Sonnet being taken, but everyone else is up for grabs. And so they only have to worry about like a select amount of players being taken um, by Angel City and only Angel City. And then Houston Dash and Orlando Pride don't have any um, protection from either team. And so the way that the draft is going to work is that each team can't lose more than two players. They also can't lose more than one player per position group. And so if, you know, for the Houston Dash, say... Angel City takes a forward, and then San Diego's like, oh, damn, I wanted to take a forward. They can't. Um, each expansion team can only select one allocated player from each team for a total of one player or U.S. allocated player. So they're only getting nine selections, but now that it's been broken down, like some of them, I think they're each only getting like 
three or four. So it's going to be a fairly quick draft. Expansion draft selections can't be traded, um, but players who are picked in the draft can be traded in the following day. So the trade window reopens on December 17th. And so if someone's taken and, you know, it was more of a strategic move as opposed to a, oh, we want you to play here move, then trades can happen the next day to work things out. The expansion draft, original. these are the original rules. Obviously, things have shifted, but it was supposed to be nine rounds, and they were going to alternate. Each expansion team has three minutes to make its selection, and they each have two five-minute timeouts during the expansion draft. And after that, they can't have their, like, two t- any more than that. So right. Angel City has the first pick in the draft, and from there it'll go back and forth. So it'll be Angel City, San Diego, Angel City, San Diego, until they've gone through all the teams. And with ha- some teams having partial immunity, things like that, like, Angel City can't take a rain forward. So if the rain, like, isn't the first pick that Angel City makes, they get very limited options. And so I actually saw a tweet about this earlier, but... Someone said if San Diego takes a rain player before Angel City and picks a defender, then Angel City can literally only pick from the midfielders because they can't pick forward, they can't pick a defender because a defender's already been taken from that team and you can't take someone from more than one position. And then so they have goalkeepers I mean, and midfielders. And so at that point, it's like you're limiting your options by not thinking about this strategically. And so I can't even imagine what it's like right now preparing for this expansion draft because when you can't pick certain players, like, not being able to pick the allocated players but anybody else on the team, but then this other team can't pick anyone, it gets so tricky and confusing to, like, think about. And it's going to be definitely interesting to see what actually happens. So that is the expansion draft broken down in as simple as I can get it. Um, I think that I don't really have like ideas of who I think is going to be taken in the draft because I just think that it's like gonna be kind of crazy no matter what I don't know it'll definitely be interesting especially since like you have the Houston Dash who left like Christy Mewis unprotected um they waived some players who I thought were long-term investments like Jamia Fields so for the Dash um they have protection from no one and so they're gonna lose up to two players and so I that personally, I could see Christy being taken potentially, maybe. But I also see there's been rumors of Christy Mewis going overseas, and so that might not be an, like a risk that, you know, either team want to take. And that would also be the, the one U.S. Federation player that they could take. And so I think that Veronica Latsko, she could be taken. That is a big possibility. Um, Brivasali, that is another possibility. And then you have Allie Prysock, who I'm pretty sure she, like, is from California. So that could be something like, oh, homebound player kind of thing. So those would probably be the people that I think the most, um, would be taken. But, I mean, that is just my opinion. Kansas City, Chicago, Gotham, North Carolina, full protection. Unprotected from the rain, I, they protected, oh, I guess I could tell you who they protected. So they protected Bethany Balser, Alana Cook, Angelina, Jess Fishlock, Sophia Huerta, Roosevelt, Quinn, Ali Watt, and Fallon Toulis-Joyce. And the Dash protected Jane Campbell, Rachel Daly, Makame, um, Shay Groom, Haley Hansen, Katie Naughton, Nichelle Prince, Maria Sanchez, and Gabby Seiler. And Maria Sanchez was, like, kind of shocking because she had played with them on, like, an, a, like a short-term loan and then kind of was like, okay, that's the end of that. And so her being on their protected list and there being rumors that they're getting an international player was kind of exciting because she only played, like, one or two home games. And so it would be exciting to see her play more with the club. For the unprotected players for the reign, um, I, Ziara King... I could see her, well, I guess she can't be taken because of what they worked out, but I think she could be taken by San Diego, and so that could be, that could be something. Um, I could see her or Danny Weatherholt being taken possibly, but I don't, I don't know who else, I don't know. I don't see like Lou Barnes or like anyone like that being taken, um, 
So we shall see. Orlando Pride protected Michaela Colhan, who is a college player. Um, Taylor Korniak, Sidney LaRue, Phoebe McLaren, Alex Morgan, Courtney Peterson, Amy Turner, and then Marta, and then Viviana Villacorta. Unprotected, that shocked me, was Gunny. That one shocked me a lot. Um, Aaron McLeod, especially when that's going to be, like, your number one keeper. Not that I could necessarily see someone take her, but, like, when you just lost Ashlyn and Allie, which I'm going to get into that in a little bit. I'm going to talk about the trades um, that I didn't already cover. But, I mean, you just lost Ashlyn and Allie, and so that's going to be your keeper. I don't know why you wouldn't protect. But I guess nobody, like, I guess they don't really see her being taken. And then another big one that shocked me as being unprotected was Allie Riley. Um, I don't know. That one just caught me off guard. But I could see Marissa Vigiano being taken. Um, Allie Riley is always a possibility. I mean, she's still a really good player, so... There's that. Portland Thorns protected Bella Bixby, Crystal Dunn, Lindsay Horan, um, Emily Menges, Olivia Moultrie, which that one shocked me, really. It really did. Because um, I don't see Angel City or San Diego picking up a 16-year-old. But um, Rocky Rodriguez, Sophia Smith, Morgan Weaver, and then um, Natalie Kuika. Um, And then unprotected, they have Amira Ali and I'm... Okay, this is just selfishly, but I'm really happy that they left her unprotected. Um, and I hope that Gotham works out a trade or something with Portland. Like, I want her to come stay in Jersey, play at Gotham. Like, also for Nubia, Nubia deserves that because that's her girl. So, they unpro- they left unprotected Megan Klingenberg. Um, that was a big one. Becky Sauerbrunn, Christine Sinclair. So... That was kind of interesting, and I think that they can only have one player taken, so I honestly have no idea, like, who would be taken from this mix, just because it is a lot of, like, college players or just playing rights for players, um, and so maybe, like, Shelby Hogan as a backup keeper or Kelly Hubley, like, she had a pretty good season, unless San Diego kind of goes back on their word and decides to take you know, Angela Salem, Becky Sauerbrunn, something like that, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked at that. Um, Racing Louisville protected Jem Bonner, Kristen Davis, which is college pr- player, which also shocked me because they left Savannah McCaskill unprotected, and that just didn't seem like, I don't know, felt like an interesting thing to do. Um, Amina Ekic, Emily Fox, Cece Kaiser, Katie Lund, Nadia Nadim, and then Freya Olfelson and Ebony Salmon. Um, and then unprotected, they have, like, Janine Becky's playing rights, Caitlin Ford playing rights, Tobin Heath playing rights, which I think is really funny. Um, I think leaving Shayna Matthews unprotected, Savannah McCaskill, um, Lauren Malay, those are kind of some big names, um, Addison Merrick, those are just kind of some names that, like, you heard a lot when Racing Louisville was playing as, like, big pieces of their puzzle, and so leaving them unprotected was definitely interesting, um, And I wouldn't be shocked if someone took one of them, especially Addison Merrick. Like, she has a lot of potential in a good environment. Uh, The Washington Sphere protected Dorian Bailey, Aubrey Blesdo, Bailey Feist, Ashley Hatch, Tara McKeon, Julia Rodar, Trinity Rodman, Ashley Sanchez, Sam Staub. That didn't shock me at all. Um, I kind of thought that they might protect Anna Helferty, but they didn't. So I could see her being taken. Um, They don't have to worry about Kelly O'Hara, Emily Sonnet, Andy Sullivan being taken. And so I think that, you know, Anna Helferty, um, maybe Taylor Almer are kind of like, and maybe Karina Rodriguez are kind of like names that could be taken. But that is the breakdown of the expansion draft. And now we are going to get into NWSL trades that happened over the last week. And if you haven't been following, buckle up because it gets really, it gets really frustrating. (laughs) So... Allie Long gets re-signed with Gotham. She signs a two-year contract, basically saying, like, a big F you to Angel City who tried to take her before that window was open. And then there was a lot of, like, drama where trades were definitely, like, completed by the deadline, but it was like, okay, here's this trade window deadline closed, trades are made, but when are we going to hear about things kind of deal? And so... Over the next few days, things started coming out. The first big thing was 
Gotham sent Caitlin Sheridan to San Diego. Um, Gotham also traded Brianna Pinto to North Carolina. Um, the trade Sonia. came with her going to North Carolina for 125000 In the season, she only had 204 minutes across 10 matches, and she was the third overall pick. And so Gotham really misutilized her, and I'm not shocked at her leaving. I think it sucks because she had so much potential, and I would have loved to see her play more. But, like, I'm good for players realizing their worth and not sticking out at a team that's not playing them when they deserve to be getting consistent minutes. Um, It's her returning home, uh, her reuniting with Sean Nahas, who was a coach for her before. So I think that it'll be really good for her to play under people she's played for before, play in a familiar location, and the midfield could use her. So she'll definitely be getting minutes there. And then on December 6th, Alishalyn Harris and Allie Krieger retreated to Gotham. Um, yeah, that was a thing that happened. Um, I'm, I am not as mad about it as I was at first. I think I was really frustrated about it at first. But I think that, you know, we're going... It's not necessarily the long-term investment that I'd like to see in youth players. But I think that they are making big moves and... Sending players where they want to go. Caitlin asked to be traded. She wanted a new experience. Which, again, she's played for Sky Blue and Gotham since she was drafted. And so she's been there a long time. And as a player, like, you want to have new things so that you don't get, like, stagnant in what you're doing. So I can't blame her for wanting a new experience. Um, and so then we have Ashlyn and Allie come in. And then later that day, Dee Dee Heritage gets traded. Um... Which, again, didn't really shock me because Dee Dee had an incredible season and there's no doubt in my mind that she should be a number one. So, I'm not shocked that she would have, you know, wanted to leave because she also wanted to have that. And when you know that a keeper, Ashlyn Harris, is coming in and you're going to have to be competing for that number one spot again when you can literally go somewhere knowing that you're going to be the starter, why wouldn't you take that opportunity? Um... Chicago Red Stars re-signed Casey Kruger, Mal Pugh, Tierna Davidson, and Alyssa Nair um, all through 2023. And those are four key U.S. players. And they also signed with the club instead of the instead of U.S. soccer, which means that they are no longer allocated players. And then there have been rumors that Alex Morgan will be going from Orlando Pride to San Diego. But there can't be paperwork and negotiations done until when the trade window reopens, which is next Friday. What you can. And I think that that is everything that's happened trade-wise. It was kind of chaotic, but, you know, I expect nothing less with the NWSL. <laughs> okay, now we are going to be talking about U.S. Soccer's Player of the Year Award. And I can't stress enough how... Ugh, it's just so bad. Um... First of all, Crystal Dunn and uh, Kristen Press not even nominated, which is the first mistake because how are you not going to nominate someone who literally had some of the best stats of the year? Um, Kristen Press scored 40 goals in 39 games or something like that, was playing consistent minutes, and some people think that she shouldn't be factored in because she decided to take the second half of the year off for mental health reasons. But she's been playing nonstop for so long, and you can't blame needing, you know, a break, especially after the Olympics and just the year that's been had, and they deserve it. Like, who cares if she takes a break for some friendlies, you know? Um, And so I think that that was one of the biggest mistakes. Crystal Dunn was literally one of the only reasons that we stayed um, in the Olympics. She was on top of things all of the time constantly you know getting forward and crystal literally played probably every position she could in the olympics and so her not getting nominated was definitely um another big issue and so female player um female players the other players that were nominated were Lindsay. well the actual players who were nominated let me get that correct um lindsey haran Rose Lavelle, Megan Rapino, Carly Lloyd, and Alyssa Nair. And so just just sit with that for a sec. First of all, what did what did some of these players do? This is my question. Like, there were no huge 
standout moments for any of them, if I'm being honest. Um, Alyssa obviously played up until the Olympics when she got hurt, but even before then, she wasn't playing great for club. And if you're going to base this award on club and country, or even just country, she still wasn't playing all that great. We were just playing easy teams. Um, You also have Carly Lloyd, who barely played for club. When she did, I barely scored. And someone did bring up the fact that Carly and Pino scored the most goals this year. But I just, I think that it's ridiculous because they were, like, not team goals. Um, And I feel like we already know that, like, it's probably going to go to Carly because she just retired and it's going to be, like, the last thing on her, like, oh, one last hurrah, but I think it's ridiculous. I think that this award definitely goes to Kristen or Crystal. And um, even Lynn Williams should be in the mix. Like, without her, if she hadn't been able to play at the Olympics as a... um, Because she was originally, like, an additional player. Why am I forgetting what it was called? Um, oh my gosh. You know, like, there's the main roster, there's the main roster, and then, like, the the four other players that are brought. I can't remember what it's called right now. But if Lynn hadn't been able to play off of that, like, we probably wouldn't have even made it as far as we did. Because she came in and scored, and she then she assisted, and it's like, you have these players who... Even if you're only looking at the Olympics, and especially if you're only looking at the Olympics, because that's what it seems like for why these other players are nominated. If you're just looking at this, Lynn, Kristen, and Crystal should definitely be on that list. And also, one of the other things that irked me so much is that for the men's award, there's six players nominated, but for the women's award, there's only five. So you're telling me that you couldn't nominate at least one of the three women that I just named? And what is also so frustrating is that U.S. soccer is like, oh, fans are going to get to vote this year. And then you see all the comments and all the comments are about how Crystal or Kristen should have been nominated and they weren't. And it's so irritating. And I just think that they deserve better. And black women in soccer and the NWSL and the national team deserve better in general. And honestly, U.S. soccer really screwed up not nominating Kristen or Crystal. All right. Thank you so much. Today I have Connor Moore joining me. So Connor, do you want to introduce yourself real quick? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, everyone. I'm Connor, uh, content coordinator for the Chicago Red Stars. Uh, Some of you may know me uh, as the admin, uh, which is kind of still wild. Uh, But yeah, no, I happen to be in charge of the social media accounts for the team coming up with content. Uh, host of our podcast uh my kind of podcast with myself zoe morrison sarah lubert and um yeah just overall if it has something to do with content i'm somehow involved in it and you know one way or the other it gets on social media and i'm involved in that too so yeah awesome well you do a good job at that so i kind of like to start with what made you get into sports but more specifically soccer how did you find out that that was where you wanted to work i'll be honest with you i grew up hating the sport of soccer like that's that shocks a lot of people like (laughs) i was not a big soccer fan when i was a kid um and long story short i got into it i think i was about eight nine years old manchester united just happened to be in chicago playing the fire for a friendly it was the same weekend my family and i we went we were just doing shopping in uh, downtown chicago we go to the Nike store that had all of this Manchester United stuff because at that point they were still the team sponsor. So, you know, you got all the pomp and circumstance. You got, you're seeing pictures of like Wayne Rooney and all these people that are up everywhere. And I kind of just wanted to get into it after that point because I was like, oh, what's going on here? And that's how it started. And luckily the 2010 World Cup was the year right after. So I got into that and my love for soccer kind of exploded from there, but I was always a big sports guy pretty much right from, right from the jump, right from, you know, being born and always wanted to be in sports in some way, some, some form, you know, I broadcasted in journalism. So I wanted to be behind the desk and talk about it or go cover games and all of that. And then a couple of things led to another and, now I'm working with a team, which was always kind of like a goal too, but I didn't think it would be in the realm of social media and such. Uh, but I'm not complaining at all, but 
yeah, no, I've always, sports have always been in my mind of stuff that I wanted to do when I grew up. Uh, I just did not know it would lead me to the capacity that I'm in now, uh, especially in soccer, if you would have told me, told like, uh, like eight, nine-year-old me at the time, but no, it's been fun. So did you, after you saw the Manchester United stuff and like got, got into soccer, did you end up playing soccer or was it just like watching it? Because I haven't ever played soccer and that's where I want to work. So yeah, uh, that's I, a universal experience. <laughs> I did not play for the, I was asked to play when I was in high school. I remember my high school coach wanted me to play after seeing me uh, kind of hold, after seeing me hold my own against like his own soccer players in a gym class because he was also the PE teacher then. But I never played like anything organized, you know, obviously I played PE soccer. I played like little, I guess like our equivalent of like Sunday league soccer, just like little weekend leagues, rec leagues, stuff like that. Played intramurals and all of that stuff. And I was, I always thought I was like pretty decent at it. Like I was always able to like hold my own and all that stuff. And like, if I were to have played, I felt like I would have been decent average. Um, No, as far as like, did I like actually like play, play? like in like organized you know like club league or like youth league stuff like that like I didn't so it's always just been kind of recreational but I mean still I, fun. I didn't even play just in gym class in gym class I'd be like my knee hurts I can't play today sorry and I'd like sit out so I mean you have a you have a one up there because <laughs> I I don't think I'd be very good at soccer I don't think that the eye foot coordination is there which it should be from years of dancing but it's just it's not it's not working out for me. <laughs> um, so you mentioned broadcast and journalism. Is that what you studied in college or what was your major? And like, how did you, how did you end up getting the job with the Red Stars? Yeah. Um, so I did, so I did major in journalism, uh, majored in journalism, minored in coaching actually. Um, so when I was at, uh, in college, uh, university of Wisconsin, Whitewater, uh, go war, go Warhawks. Uh, I was the sports director of the TV station and the sports director of the radio station. And I would be, and I would broadcast uh, all the different sports games. Uh, football. I was the main play-by-play guy for football, so it was cool to be like the face of Warhawk football for like four years. For or yeah, the, the no, that's so cool. Or not really the face of Warhawk football. I don't want to sound like facetious or anything. Like, I guess like the voice when it comes to TV. When it comes to TV, yeah. like the voice of Warhawk football. So that was cool to do that, and you know, I just loved it. It was like football, basketball, baseball, volleyball, a whole bunch. Of, I mean, I did a track and field event, did some soccer events. My first games that I broadcasted were soccer when I was a freshman. Um, I didn't start doing football until my sophomore year because that's like a chosen thing, right? Like our, yeah. like our boss picked the announcers he wanted to do each football season and uh after one year of doing announcing after my freshman year I was like hey we want you to do this and we want you to be sports director I was like oh man this is great no that's um, really cool so I really want to get into that I graduated in 2019 I uh, didn't get a job right away I did a bunch of like freelancing stuff had an internship with the NBA's retired players association um, and then uh, the Red Stars reached out to me shortly before the fall series, not fall series, I'm sorry, the uh, Challenge Cup, the inaugural Challenge Cup, needed some bit more help on the content side to like uh, balance some things while, you know, the effects of COVID were taking through and did that, did the best I could last year and got brought on full time in November and yeah, so by the time this podcast comes out, it has been a year and a month or some or some change. A year, a month, and some change since I've been hired full time. So that's yeah, awesome. It kind of came out of nowhere. It came very much out of nowhere, uh, being with the Red Stars and kind of working them with them in 2020 and how I got with them now. But you know, weird things happen for in mysterious ways, and sometimes it works out for the best. Um, so kind of kind of insane how it happens uh kind of crazy kind of out of nowhere but it helps and I guess it helps to still have some connections in the team uh a team that I interned with in 2017 actually so it it, it worked out in the long run so you started during the challenge cup yeah or? so when I started as just like a contractor 
I was definitely, I was, I was remote. So game days, I was on Zoom with our graphic designer, our director, our director of marketing and comms and a couple interns and so, so on, so forth. Um, and it was, it was interesting. You know, I mean, just the, that Challenge Cup in 20, 2020 was interesting. So it was, it was strange for sure. But yeah, no, it was, it was cool. It kind of see like the inner work is how a game day works and stuff like that as much as we could, as much, yeah. as, 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 much as I could with COVID and everything. And then when the, we weren't doing that, I was coming up with like, or writing some feature stories on some of our players, you know, the first story I did went on was Zoe Morse. And then the second one I did was on Sarah Luber, which is now funny because the three of us are on a show together. <laughs> uh, I did one on Mackenzie Doniak, um, now former Red Star, uh, who's, you know, if the trade goes through as the, I mean, it's public now that she's going to San Diego, you know. So it was, so it was like game day stuff. And then also just like written feature stuff. I hope that with the She Inspires Me uh, feature stories and things like that. And yeah, and it was, and it was the same thing for the fall series too. It was remote. We did have the one or two home games. So I did go to the stadium and work those. Uh, and it was up in the press box, just doing what I usually would do. Uh, then taking care of like the match recap and all of that. And then boom, that was it. So, yeah. Okay, so obviously there's a difference between what your job is like in season and what your job is like off season. Because in season, obviously, there's the game days, like mm-hmm. tweeting lineups, that kind of stuff. So, like, how has your job kind of shifted now that we're in the postseason, coming up to the drafts and stuff like that? Yeah, that, I mean that's a really good question, and I think now I'm able. I think I'm able to answer that a little bit better because when I got hired full time last year, it was like fully uh, in the, uh, in the off season, I was an off season hire. So it was, um, I, at the time I didn't really know what, how it was this year, this year, I will say it has been a little bit chaotic, a chaotic start to the off season because of the draft, you know, because of the draft with all the player movements, with everything changing left, right, and center in the league. It's been, it's, this off season has started very very like fast um but at the same time it's still not as busy as it was during the season you know you've got a couple posts that needs to go out or things will happen and you uh and you react to it like if a trade happens or if a if a player does something cool you want to react to that then outside of that yeah it's so far and this is I'm calling this week two of actual off season because when the off season started, you had like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, then Thanksgiving. And then yeah. last week was the first full week of the off season. At the time we're talking, of course, last week is the first full week of off season. And then this week is full week of off season week two. So I'm kind of delegating it like that. Um, but it's very, it's strange in the sense of it, the, the pace is slower but there's still things to get out, like promoting next year, promoting tickets, promoting merch, promoting the set, the other. So it's a lot more of the promoting aspect side of things. And now with the draft, it's just, we're preparing to get ready for that. And we're preparing to figure to like welcome new players to the team and things like that. And yeah, so it's, it's strange. I'll tell you that, but it's, it's a strange difference, but the pace is significantly slower and it, it feels kind of nice, honestly, like we're, you can kind of take a deep breath a little bit, go a little bit more about a steadier pace instead of just a rapid go, go, go of the season. Yeah. I had talked to Bianca a few weeks ago. She was one of my first guests. And so we were talking about what her job is like working with the dash and what her days are like doing the content for them. And so, but that was obviously in season. So she's telling me like full swing of things, what the day by day is like. So I thought that it'd be interesting to kind of show like both aspects of what the job is. Cause you guys have very similar mm-hmm. positions. And so I think that it's really cool. I can't even imagine what preparing for the draft is like, it's probably like so crazy. I feel worse for our PR specialist Emmanuel who's like right in the thick of all of this right like I believe he will be the one that 
will also be going to the draft and stuff too. Like, so he's got to be like on deck, ready to hear anything from like our leader, from like our leadership or our coaches and everything. But all right, who this is who we might be getting. Then he's got to let us know. Then we've got to get the post out, whether it's the graphics or come up stuff yeah. to post for it. So draft week will be draft week will be a time draft week will definitely be a time for everybody in some form or fashion but then you know we turn around and then the following week it's christmas so i mean might as well get this one last big flurry of activity done and then we've got the holiday break yeah. to just chill um so obviously you know you came into your job at a crazy time with covid you've done yeah. a lot of stuff there's a lot that's been happening what's been the most challenging aspect of your job and something that like you weren't a big fan of at first but you've grown to like appreciate yeah no I think uh that's a phenomenal question honestly I think the thing I mean there's been a, there's been a, a lot of things that I would say that not so much that I hated but the things that I just wasn't really a fan of right like whether it's how people will react to certain things, you know, how, you know, I, I think, I don't think it's a secret that when the whole birthday fiasco happened, I wasn't exactly the happiest camper when that happened. Um, yeah. And then, you know, with the whole, uh, with the division in the country and then the stuff that's happening in the league, uh, league wide, I mean, it's a lot of stuff that, it could be a lot, you know, you know, your, you know, first year, my first year ever running a big account like this, and there's stuff happening left, right, and center. It's just like, man, it can get tough, you know? Like, you know, like sometimes you just don't want to be on social media. And it sucks because of being a, a social media manager or being close, or maybe not so much being a social media manager, being so closely tied to social media. You know, you've, you've got to monitor it one way or the other. Um, but I think, so I'll focus on like, I fo I'll focus on the bad bad part first in the sense of how I do to kind of get around it and honestly I do try to just take breaks you know if I'm like <clears throat> whether it's on my personal account or like the team account it's like sometimes it's like all right this post is up I'm not even gonna look at it is, is, is the grammar and everything right is the link work yes perfect bye yeah don't read um, the quotes don't read the replies just press send and call it a day exactly exactly like i'll get to the replies i'll get to the quotes tomorrow and everything like that um and then honestly like people laugh around people laugh about this because it's like so me when people like know me they know it's pretty much all i pretty much do but it's a lot of video games and everything just watching tv too you know just kind of just deep just disconnecting for a little bit and then just also you know, not trying, trying to really focus on not taking all of it super personal. It's super hard. And it's something that I've had to learn. And I'm still learning to like everything that went with all the attacks that happened on social media and things like that. You know, it's hard not to take it personal and everything. You know, I do think that sometimes people forget there are humans behind the counts, you know, yeah, and that players are still humans as well you know like they're not machines and same thing can be said for social media managers and just people that work in general we are not machines um but all that said i think some of the great parts about this is just seeing everyone's reactions you know it's i joke around and tell people it's like i was like i'm literally just i'm paid to be an absolute idiot with a verified account for the most part and i basically go and do that without pushing <laughs> the line yeah you know whether it's like stupid puns or um just making a funny joke or you know the the long-standing seemingly never-ending star wars adjacent billions of chapters long war with gotham and i um it's, yeah it, you know, it's it's fun like that. And then seeing people's reactions and seeing them have fun and seeing them just, you know, obviously it's nice seeing the numbers go up, you know, when the follower numbers just keep going up month yeah. and month, they're just like, heck yeah, I'm doing a good job. But it's, it's seeing how happy people are. And then there's also like a deeper thing for me where it's, you know, I, to my knowledge, I don't think there's many of like me in the league, you know, there's not many, uh, male uh male people of color or just people of color in general 
working in the league um to my to my knowledge especially in a social capacity um and the thing that i want to always try to do is like you know i'm 26 and i've got this semi front facing position and even though i hate being in the spotlight which is like which shocks people but i'm a natural born introvert through and through like i very much do not take a spotlight or compliments well at all i feel like in my mind it's like I have this duty, you know, it's like myself and Bianca and Andrea and, you know, others in the league where we we're, we're setting up the next generation for, you know, guys and girls who want to get into this league and do the job that we do. And we're, we're setting it up and yeah, it come it comes with its fair share of BS. It comes with other people talking for no apparent reason and people wanting to start things just to start things. But at the end of the day, I feel that's the thing that always keeps me in perspective. And I think is like a driving force for me is that I want, you know, I want the next little, you know, person, uh, person of color, uh, whether it's a guy or a girl or however, you know, they may want to identify as I want them to know, like, yo, you can do this. Like, like I'm 26 and I'm doing this. Like, yeah, you can do it too. Like it'll take some time, but you got it. So. No, that's awesome. Um, kind of going off of that. You mentioned that sometimes it can be really difficult to not take things personally, which I totally understand. People do forget that there is just a person, like, you're not the one making the statement. You're just the one putting it out there. Right. And I feel like people forget that when they quote or reply, like, with the accounts and stuff like that. And so kind of going off of that, but what advice do you have to someone going into uh, sports media who wants to do this kind of stuff to kind yeah. of not like worry about those things yeah um I'll be honest I'm still trying to figure out like how I want to formulate that advice you know you know this is still for all intents and purposes this is like year one of doing all this stuff for me um the big thing that I would say is that you know you I think you have the first thing you have to kind of realize is that you yourself have to realize that unless you yourself wrote that thing you know, if it wasn't an article you wrote, if it wasn't a story you wrote, you are quite literally just the messenger and it is okay. And you have to almost kind of realize that going in is like, they, like the phrase, don't shoot the messenger. There's going to be people who are going to be ready to shoot the messenger. There are going to be people who are ready to like drop kick, rock bottom, people's elbow, you know, John Cena the heck out of the messenger. But and the, but uh, you just have to control what you can control and that has always been something that I've always that I like that I struggle with uh, struggle with it's something that I still have a hard time dealing with now and I've gotten better at it but it's still something that I have to remind myself is that control what you can control like if the only thing that's asked of you in this certain in a certain specific in a certain situation is just get the post up and you know you have nothing to do with it regardless of what it may be, whether it's a player trade, whether it's, you know, the team losing a game and fans are calling for coaches' heads, you know, like you have no control over that. Yeah. Just, you just gotta, you just gotta post it and just realize that people are going to talk regardless and social media harbors everyone who just likes to talk and talk and talk and not put faces to name and just want to be, you know, I, I hate this phrase so much, but keyboard warriors, you know. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing that I would, that I would say. It's just like, hey, like sometimes you just have to, you just have to realize that you're just a, you're just the messenger. Just control what you can, get the post up, and always take care of yourself first. I would say, like always, always, always take care of yourself first because social media can be so na so nasty for no apparent reason, but. Yeah, so those would be kind of like my three things of advice. Um, and yeah, like I think as long as you kind of like go about those three, like it it should it shouldn't be as rough of a as rough of a ride because it, it 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 is fun, it is fun when you get through like you know the weird anomalies and the weird angry people and you know like once you get through like the pitchforks and torches section of Twitter, it's so it's fun. It can be a yeah. lot of fun. No, I think that that's great advice because there are a lot of people who say things on social media that they would never say to you in person. And so mm -hmm. sometimes you just got to 
gotta press the mute button or just like look away for a little bit and you're I always in any situation I think that prioritizing yourself and what you need for your mental health is always so important so I think that that is great advice to take forward um one last question to kind of wrap up before we do some rapid fire questions because I like those um since working with Red Stars what has been one of the highlights of either working with the team or your job, just in general, like what is, what do you love about your job? Yeah. Um, I love talking to the players, you know, it's just, it's just so, it's just so much fun. I mean, I feel, I feel like I haven't gotten to know all of them uh, a whole lot. I mean, and, you know, with COVID and everything that happened this year, you know, access to some and just access in general can be a little bit restricted and a few more hoops to jump through, but you know, the players that I get to talk to and just be around and it, it's it's just so much fun, you know, like I just, you know, whether like now at this point, like I remember, I think the last time, for example, when like Liverpool played Manchester United and Liverpool smacked United. Um, spoiler, I am a United fan. I think I've made that evident so clear on Twitter too. But like Zoe Morse, like t- just texts me like the, like the cringing emoji. I'm just like, I hate you. Um, so, so it's stuff like that. And just, you know, just getting along with the players is just, it's just great. You know, talking to them there, they're just, they're, they're giant goofballs who play, a, who play a sport for a living. Like it's so much fun. Like they're just, yeah. they're just amazing. They're just amazing people. And then I think the people that I've been able to meet and the weird thing that I'm still trying to get used to is that people. And when I went to Louisville, it was like, Oh my God. like, it's so good. To, it's so good to see you. Like you're doing awesome work. I'm just like, thank you. It's and then just to meet all different kinds of people, just like everywhere across the league. You know, um, it, it it it's just been awesome. So the players meeting meeting people, um, interacting with people. It's it's nice. It's super nice. I mean, it's something that I did not think I would do. That's something that I did not think that I'm would be good at, which is like being super like interactive and pe- with people like and like that. But no, it's it's things like that just may really make it's really just make it a lot of fun, and it makes the bad days definitely worth it. You know, I can like be driving into training, just not really looking forward to a day or whatever, and then I go, and then you know, like Ella or Tatum or Kayla or Zoe or whomever you know, Sarah and this, that, the other can come in and make like a joke or whatever. And like, or like fake, like they're about to like uppercut me. And I'm just like, all right, I'm happy now. So it's <laughs> yeah, fun. That sounds awesome. I really think that everyone needs to like, obviously like it takes time to find what you want to do or what you love to do. But I feel like something that I want for myself is to make sure that like whatever job I end up doing, like I love it. And so I love hearing people talk about how much they love their job. And like, not that there's not going to be bad days because there is in everything. But I think Mm -hmm. that if you can just always like kind of talk about the positives, I think that it's so just exciting to see people finally doing what they want to do and loving the fact that they're doing what they've always wanted to do. And so it's really cool to hear you talk about your job. Um, yeah, no, it's great. I, I mean, when it when it's not when it's not agitating me and not ready, <laughs> ready for me to pull my hair out, like there are moments where I'm just like, you know what, like this is worth it. So, well, that was the last of the regular questions, but I wanted to shift into some rapid fire questions. And so, the first one, I listen. I know that you're, I know that you're a Justin Fields guy because we've mm-hmm. talked about it. So Ohio oh, State yeah. Justin Fields or Chicago Bears Justin Fields? Oh, Chicago Bears, of course. Uh, I mean, I like I like Ohio State Justin Fields because Ohio State Justin Fields gave us Chicago Bears. <laughs> but I mean, I will say if some if somebody could get me like that black Justin Fields Ohio State jersey with like the red numbers and the everything, so if I can get that, and if I could get like a mini one of the replica helmets that looks like a chrome, like super dope, like. I'll take it, but I mean, I've, I've got to go. I've got to go with Chicago Justin Fields here. Like that's that's my guy. That's my guy. I don't agree, but I support it. Um, <laughs> what's been your favorite podcast episode with Zoe and Sarah so far? Favorite podcast episode of Zoe and Sarah. Um, oh wow, so many good ones. Uh, I would say 
I would say there's the one we did with Black Fires and Sarah Gordon. I would say the one we did with Julie Haddon. And then the one we did with Kendall Coyne, uh, uh, Schofield. And then the one that we did, and then a bonus that I would add is one that Sarah wasn't a part of because she's, you know, on loan with Club America right now. It's the one I did with uh, myself, Zoe, uh, Ella Stevens, and Tatum Malazzo. That one, that one, I think, had like three separate episodes alone of just outtakes alone of how much we were laughing. So, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Um, what is a go to game day snack for you? Go to game day snack. Oh, that's a great question. Um, ooh, okay. Uh, I would say there was a point in time during the season where there's like a Wendy's super close to the stadium. So I would go to get, a, I would go to Wendy's and I would go get a large, had to be a large, uh, Dave's cherry cream soda. It's like Wendy's exclusive. So uh, okay. if anyone from Wendy's, so if anyone from Wendy's is hearing this, please put it in stores or at least, or at least like hook me up. So I'd always get, <laughs> you know, I would always get a large Dave's cherry cream soda and a four for four of just whatever, like the crispy chicken and the nuggets. And I munched on that. And then I, and then, you know, get ready to go. So probably Wendy's when like Wendy's and I, we, Wendy's and I, we got tight. Uh, I feel that uh, Wendy's is my favorite fast food. Who do you think this one might be a little bit controversial, but who do you think has the best fits on Chicago? You gonna get me in trouble. And you can only say, I mean, what's the probability that any of them are listening to this? They, they might, um, <laughs> they might, well, uh, you can say I, like would, two or three people. I'll give you best, that. The best fits. Damn. Okay. Um. Uh. Kayla Sharples comes in with some like low key like uh heaters, right? Like I don't. Like I would say Kayla Sharples comes in with like the low of like you don't really realize it, but like she just comes in with like bangers. Sarah Gordon Rollers just come in just dripped out. You know, it's gonna suck now that she's on Angel City. Just I mean one because I just think she. I like viewer as a friend too. And then two, just, I mean, the drip. So I would say, <laughs> I would say Sarah Gordon, Tierna, Tierna, def- definitely Tierna. Tierna um, always ma- mix matches patterns and I never understand like how it works, but for some reason I, I usually like her outfits. <laughs> there's certain people where you can quite literally do whatever you want to do and it will work very well, but I don't man, I don't know. There's there's a good amount of people on our team that have like good game day fits and everything. So it's tough. It's tough because if I single out a couple of them, like knowing my luck, I'm just gonna get killed the next time I see any of them. So <laughs> um favorite Chicago game that you've worked. Favorite Chicago game that I've worked. Um the quarterfinal. It's t- it's a tie between the quarterfinal against Gotham, uh, just because the, like the atmosphere was it was one of those things where I was I was going into it I was like dead tired that day I was like oh man like here we go just last game here we go like let's do this but then like the atmosphere and like the pregame like you would think that I was about to get ready to play how like nervous I was but then like we changed up the music a little bit we played the the DJ played industry baby and if anyone knows me that's my favorite song so I'm like on the field like grabbing kind of like right just rapping and dancing it was great um so I would say the quarterfinal and then the the Portland game uh, was September 25th, three days after my birthday, and we beat them. And it was like, you know, it was on a roll and we yeah up to them for a little bit. So so I would say those two games, the honorable mention, I would say the first time we played Gotham, it was uh, earlier this year. It was the, the home opener. We debuted the New Jersey's super dope. It was a night game. Met Andrea for the first time as well. Uh, it was it was cool but I would say yeah in general the 25th September 25th and then the quarterfinal are my two favorite Chicago games that I've covered awesome well that was it so thank you so much for joining me today I really appreciate it and it was so cool to talk about your job and just Chicago thank you so much for having me on the show I mean you're doing phenomenal work thank with you. this I mean the fact- thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode of Mickey Mike's Up um I hope you liked my expansion draft ramble I did realize that I said I was going to talk about the college draft but to be honest there's not like enough information I had about the college draft I feel like um I 
don't even know like what the deadline was to register for it, but I can tell you that my prediction for who will go first in the college draft is Jalen Howell or Naomi Gurma. It'll probably be Jalen Howell and Gurma will probably be like two or three, but that's what I think is going to happen. Um, and maybe, maybe I'll get some college draft information out on my Twitter, which you can check out at Mickey underscore Alfano or on my Instagram at Mickey Mike's Up. Um, I hope you liked my conversation with Connor. It was so fun to talk to him. And let me know what you guys think about who is is and isn't going to be taken in the expansion draft and what your thoughts are on the U.S. Player of the Year. I would love to hear some feedback. That being said, I will see you guys next week for the last episode of Season 1. I hope you guys, you know, have enjoyed this so far. Um, thanks for listening again. Uh-huh.